Almost all of us have that little voice inside of our heads that is constantly judging and criticizing us. It's constantly telling us how we're messing up, how we're falling short, what we're doing that's bad and wrong, and how we are unacceptable. Most people mistake this little voice for all of who they are instead of just a part of the complex system of their psyche. Because this self-critic can cause so many problems and can make your life so miserable, it's easy to see this inner voice as an enemy that lives within your own skin. Because of this, the world is full of methods for dealing with this inner critic. Methods like fighting against it. Methods like negating or minimizing it. Methods like ignoring it. And so on and so forth. The problem with these different methods is that they don't work. In fact, they never will work. The reason they will never work is because the inner critic is not actually your enemy. Quite the opposite. The inner critic is powerfully for you. It is trying to protect you. And until you understand this and deal with your inner critic in a different way, you're going to be increasing your own suffering, increasing the atmosphere of self-hate within yourself, and enhancing the war that is occurring within your being. In order to understand the inner critic, the first thing that you have to understand is that all organisms that belong to the animal kingdom, and this includes humans, find pain that is out of their hands, out of their control, and therefore unpredictable, so terrorizing that they find it better to be able to control their own pain by harming themselves than to sit there at the mercy of the pain inflicted by others. You see this clearly with studies done relative to self-injury. When injury is inflicted on animals in a setting where there is no way to get away from that injury, such as electroshocks, they will begin to self-injure. This restores a sense of control over pain. So the principle is self-inflicted pain is safer and more tolerable than pain inflicted by someone else, especially someone upon whom your life depends. As a child, if you want your needs to be met, survive in society, and have a chance at feeling things like love, belonging, contribution, and safety, you only have one option. To adopt the values, rules, and standards of the family and society you are born into, and to hold yourself to them. To understand this, I'm going to give you an example. Let's imagine that when you were younger, you grew up in a family and culture that believed that anger was bad and wrong and shouldn't happen. So you shouldn't get angry. Now let's imagine that you get angry. In response to you getting angry, your parents would have turned against your anger. Of course, they would do this as a part of the process of socialization to discourage the behaviors that come along with being angry. To discourage the emotion itself. They might do something like send you to your room for a timeout, or immediately become defensive and shame you for being angry, or to dole out a consequence like taking away one of your toys. This experience of disapproval is painful enough for a child whose survival and every need they have is dependent on the adults in their life that the child wants to avoid this experience in the future at all costs. In response, what you would do in order to be able to control avoiding it in the future is that you would adopt the social value of not getting angry and you would make it your standard for yourself. You internalize societal values, rules, and standards and begin to police yourself so that you stay in alignment with them. After that day, any time that you feel anger creeping up, 
or if you get angry, you will begin to police yourself before anyone else has the chance to do so. You remind yourself of how bad and wrong your anger is. You remind yourself of how subpar it makes you as a person. You beat other people with a punch and disapprove of yourself first. In the best case scenario, this method of self-policing makes it so that you disapprove of whatever you're going to do fast enough that you never follow through with something that might actually be met with disapproval. In the worst case scenario, what this self-policing does is it means that you might follow through with something that causes you to meet with disapproval, but not to the full force of that disapproval, because you will clearly demonstrate that you are aware of how bad and wrong it was and you don't stand by what you did and so it probably won't happen again. So it decreases how extreme those consequences that you meet with are. This part of you that takes on the role of this internal police officer that keeps you in line so you don't align with anything that could lead to disapproval and the painful societal consequences of disapproval is your inner critic. It is a part of you that is trying to protect you and so you could consider it your most inverted advocate. Your inner critic is a protector personality within the complex system of your own psyche. It is there because it thinks it's going to save your life. I should say, you created this aspect of yourself so as to save your life, keep you away from consequences, make sure that your needs keep getting met, make sure that you're in alignment with the people around you. Just like a police officer serves to keep people in alignment with human society, the inner critic is trying to keep you in alignment with other people. It is trying desperately to uphold your values and standards, both those that are true to you and those that you adopted from other people in your social environment. The inner critic is the one that holds the truth of what matters most to you. For example, imagine that what somebody in your life rejected you for was the fact that you are so sensitive. This is disapproval. And it's painful enough that your inner critic is going to try to protect you by making sure that you aren't so sensitive. It's going to constantly remind you of how bad being too sensitive is. It's going to try to discourage you from being too sensitive. If it criticizing and shaming you for being sensitive doesn't work to change your behavior, this inner critic's then going to escalate. It's going to become more and more abusive. It's going to become more and more intense in the way that it goes after you for those things that could cause you to meet with disapproval. And this could escalate all the way to what we call this dynamic of shame, whereby you are creating an internal triangulation against the entire part of you that is sensitive. Your inner critic does this because it thinks that if it gives enough disapproval for this thing, preemptively before anybody else gets to, you will be motivated to change it and fix it, and you will stop doing it, whatever that thing is that causes you to meet with disapproval or painful consequence. And this will get you that sense of belonging and safety that you want. In this example, the truth that the self-critic holds is how important belonging and safety are to you and how much you need those things. It's tempting to think that the inner critic is self-sabotaging. Makes sense at face value, right? But the thing is, is that there's actually no such thing as self-sabotage in this universe. If there is any part of you that seems to be self-sabotaging, it's actually thinking that what it's doing is in your best interests. It may just not be particularly aware of what the negative consequences are, or whether they're worth it. To understand this concept in depth, you can watch my video titled There is no such thing as self-sabotage. 
you will get nowhere relative to the inner critic when it comes to getting the inner critic to see how what it's doing isn't working or may actually be against you relative to getting this inner critic to maybe change the way that it's functioning within your internal system unless you put dedicated focus into understanding your inner critic. What does it mean to understand the inner critic? It means to understand how and when and why it was created within your system. It means understanding what its genuine motivations are. It means understanding clearly what its intentions for what it's doing are. It means consciously examining those standards and those rules and those values that are upheld by your inner critic. It also means consciously examining those consequences and the reality or lack thereof of them that your inner critic is constantly trying to keep you away from. For this reason, the best thing you can do is to do parts work directly with the part of you that is your inner critic. To learn how to do this, watch my video titled Parts Work, What is Parts Work, and How to Do It. When you work in this way directly with your inner critic, you're going to become aware of how truly benevolent this aspect is, and just how well-intentioned it is. You will be able to show it how the way that it's going about things is actually not in alignment with your best interests. Maybe it was at one time, but it isn't today. You can end the adversarial relationship you have with that little critical voice inside your own head. You can end the adversarial relationship it has with any other part of you that it thinks is going to lead to you getting disapproved of as well. The outcome of this allied relationship with your inner critic is the true inner peace you were looking for, a sense of internal support, alliance, and self-esteem, instead of internal war, judgment, and criticism. Your inner critic actually needs to be and deserves to be understood, respected, loved, recognized, and valued for what it's trying to do for you. And this understanding, respect, and positive recognition will be necessary in order to create any pliability within this part of you regarding its willingness to change its perspectives and methods. Whenever your inner critic is being noisy, or whenever you want to work with it directly, you're going to specifically have to get in touch with those values and needs that are being carried by that voice in that moment. So what values and what needs is it arguing for? What consequences is it arguing against? From there, you need to examine these values and these needs consciously. Are they something that with your conscious mind you can stand by? If so, you want to find ways to get those values and needs in a direct way. And from the people and in the places that you can actually get them. Also, you need to examine those consequences. Are they real or are they not real? The reason that I'm asking are they real or are they not real is because when we have parts of our being that are created based off of past experiences, we may actually be in a situation in our adult life where those consequences don't actually exist and our inner critic just hasn't realized it yet. However, I want you to pay close attention because your inner critic has oftentimes a better feeling for what is an actual consequence than the rest of you does. And I never want you to tell the story that disapproval from other people doesn't lead to consequences. It absolutely does. The question is, what is your conscious relationship to those consequences? Does it change anything in terms of the way you want to go about doing whatever it is that you want to do? 
Do not ignore, stand up to, fight against, negate, or minimize the voice of your inner critic. By doing so, you are turning against a protector within yourself. You are causing pain to a part of yourself that is fighting for your well-being. You are missing the opportunity to find out what value or standard or need your inner critic is fighting to keep you in alignment with. You are remaining ignorant to what consequence it is trying to help you to avoid. Whenever you resist a part of yourself like this, you are creating rigidity instead of flexibility or pliability within that aspect of yourself. And you are treating a part of yourself like an enemy rather than what it is, which is a friend. Have a good week. If you liked this video, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to my channel, and consider sharing this video with your friends. You can also click on the bell icon to be notified of the next time that I post a video. I want to thank you personally for the bravery that you have to step into awareness. I'll see you in the next video.